Hi friends, welcome to the Your Knitting Companion podcast. My name is Amy. I am the dyer behind Pearl and Clover Yarn Co. You can find my shop on Etsy and you can find all of my social medias along with everything I talk about today in the show notes which are located right below the title of this episode. A big warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for taking some of your time and choosing to spend it with me. I am really happy you are here. Today I thought we would talk about how to wear your knits more. What do I mean by that? Well, we'll get into it. And then I'm going to tell you what is on my needles, what is off my needles, and what is on and then has been off and is back on and probably will be off my needles. We've got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get going. So what do I mean when I say how to wear your hand knits more? Well, I mean curating a wardrobe of hand knit items that you love, that fit you exactly as you want them to fit you, that are in colors that bring you joy, that you're comfortable wearing, um, items that represent your personal style, and also that fit into your current lifestyle. Um, I also mean curating a collection of hand knits that fits seamlessly into your existing wardrobe to round it out and finish it. It sounds rather simple. However, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but I, early in my knitting life, was knitting away happily and finishing items, and they remained largely unused and unworn, um, just sitting in my closet. And this made me sad, and I, I didn't understand why. I mean, after all, I chose the pattern because I loved it. I chose the yarn because I loved it. I enjoyed the process. If I had not been enjoying the process, I know that I would not have finished the garment. And yet, I didn't wear them. And because this made me sad, I decided to take a look and examine a little bit more deeply into why this was. And let me tell you some of the conclusions I came to. I decided to take a closer look, like I said, uh, as to why I wasn't wearing what I was knitting. And I tried each garment on, I looked at it from all angles, I thought about the construction and the yarn choice and the size and the length and all of those played into (laughs) why I wasn't wearing it. Um, The first thing I looked at was how this garment was constructed. Was it a circular yoke? Was it a raglan? Was it a drop shoulder? And based on how it was constructed, then I looked at, okay, is that what's causing me not to like it in partial or in totality? And the very first conclusion that I came to was that a circular yoke construction, I didn't feel that it flattered my shape. Uh, the circular yoke garment is, is a circle. And for my body shape, it's just too round around the center. And 
that made me uncomfortable and I thought it was just too much fabric around my, uh, around my midsection. Now, I, I later found out that I can alter those increases if the circumstances are right, and I, I don't want to get too much into technique at this point, but if the circumstances are right and the, and the yoke, the decorative yoke part ends fairly high up on my chest, instead of doing uh, the typical circular yoke increases, I can just add some raglan increases um, I can add raglan markers and do raglan increases before and after each marker. Like I said, the circumstances have to be just right and, and the number of increases left can't be all that many. Uh, but I do find that if I do add those raglan increases, then the circular yoke tends to hang a little bit straighter rather than rounder around the middle. And I feel that that's a bit more flattering for me. So first conclusion that I drew was circular yoke, probably not the best pattern for me. Um, second thing I looked at obviously was size. What, what size was I knitting? Now I do like a garment with a fair amount of positive ease, anywhere between four and six inches of positive ease. But these garments, some of them had over 10 inches of positive ease. I, I don't know why I was choosing such a large garment. I mean, I, I think if I delve into it at that point in my life, it might have had something to do with body image, I, or I just didn't know what size I was. I, I Looking back, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. But in any case, the garments were too large. They had too much fabric. They were overwhelming me. and. Truthfully, it was a little scary for me, as silly as it sounds, to decide to knit a smaller size. I didn't think it was going to fit. I didn't think I was that smaller size, but I was brave and, and in my future knitting, I picked a smaller size and of course it did fit. It gave me just the right amount of positive ease. Um, and part of that also is taking really good and accurate body measurements um, to know you know, how much positive or negative ease is absolutely appropriate for you. Then I looked at the length of the garment. Now, I am not the tallest person in the world, and I was knitting these garments almost to tunic length. There's nothing wrong with tunic length. If you love that and that's what works for you, that's great. But it was not working for me. The garments were just too long. I used to be of the mind, you know, the more coverage, the better. But the truth of the matter is that as I changed that and I knit my future garments a little bit shorter, and that was also a little scary for me, but it worked out great. And since then, I've gone even shorter, certainly not to a cropped length, but shorter than I had been knitting, and I find it much more flattering. So length. Second conclusion, another thing for you to keep in mind. Then I looked at the appropriateness of the yarn I chose for the pattern. I never really hesitate to substitute yarn. I don't always use the yarn called for in the pattern. However, there is an art form to it. Back then I was a fairly inexperienced knitter and I, I had not worked with a lot of yarns, so I didn't realize that if a pattern calls for superwash merino um, to substitute 100% cotton, 
probably not the best choice because I wasn't going to get that drape that Superwash Merino gives you and just wasn't going to have that same feel. I think that comes with experience, um, but there's a great website, yarnsub.com, I think that's it. Um, and that will help you if you want to substitute yarns and you're not sure what to do. Um, it'll, it'll make some really good suggestions. So we've looked at the, the garment construction, the size, the length, the yarn. Um, then I looked at how does this garment fit into my current lifestyle or does it not? And a, 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 a large amount of them just did not. I, I live in Florida. It's warm all year round. So even though we do have a cooler season where we wake up and it's 30 degrees in the morning. Yeah, by the afternoon it has warmed up to 50 or 60. So a, a garment made out of bulky weight was just not going to serve me. Uh, even heavy worsted, probably not going to be the best one to fit into my lifestyle. My situation was more suited to a fingering, a sport weight, or a DK weight. And that's that's something to really think about because even if you live in a cold climate, uh, I would think a good portion of the time you are in indoor heating. And so even though outside a worsted or bulky weight might suit you, then you come in and you're hot, you know, because the sweater's just too warm. The, 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 the building you're in is, is heated. So really give thought about how is that garment going to fit into my current lifestyle or not fit into it? And then the last thing I looked about is looked at is does this garment represent my personal sense of style? You know, or was I influenced by, you know, social media or uh, my knitting group, whatever it was? You know, sometimes we're challenged to, well, go outside your comfort zone, pick a color that's not, that you don't usually work with, or choose a style that you don't typically wear. And look, if you want to do that, that's great and wonderful. In my experience, when I've done that, I don't wear it because you know what? I, I might love that color. It's a beautiful color to look at, but it's not a color I want to wear. I might love the style of that garment. Like, let's take a, a little cropped sweater. I love the way the little cropped sweaters look on people with the high-waisted trousers or the beautiful, you know, midi dresses and you throw on a little crop t-shirt or a crop vest. I think it looks fabulous. The problem is I don't think it looks fabulous on me and that's okay. There's plenty of other things that I think look fabulous on me. So, Really keep in mind, as much as you might be influenced by the beautiful styling of the photos or by the some of the influencers on social media, it, it might be something pretty to look at, but if it doesn't represent who you are at the moment, the type of clothing and the style that you like to wear, maybe it's something to put in your favorites and hold off for knitting it for just a little bit. So these are all the conclusions that I drew when I looked at the garments. I felt good about them. Um, how, how did I proceed and what changes did I make? Well, let's talk about it. So I went to my closet and I looked at everything that I had in my wardrobe at the time that was working for me, both hand knits that 
I liked and was wearing and non-knits. And I took a look at everything and I evaluated the gaps um, and narrowed down what I wanted to add to my wardrobe in terms of this curated hand-knit um, part of my wardrobe. And I think I borrowed a lot at this point from the capsule wardrobe ideology. I was really interested in having everything that I knit work with everything that was in my closet. And that's really an ultimate goal I have that I'm still working on for everything in my wardrobe. I want it all to work together. I just don't want to have to be bothered with, does this go with that and does that go with this? I just want to be able to reach into my closet, know that whatever I pull out is going to fit me, is going to, you know, be a style that I like, and it's all going to work together. So that would be my suggestion for you go look in your wardrobe figure out what's working for you what you're wearing at the moment what's lacking are you lacking in t-shirts are you lacking in um, something that can be an elevated sweatshirt are you lacking in camisoles i mean you you get the idea and then as you think ahead to patterns use that as you're pattern shopping. But before we get to pattern shopping, I did another step. I went on to Pinterest, and if you haven't been on Pinterest in a while, go back. It's a fabulous place to be. It's just got so much inspiration, at least I find. So I went on to Pinterest and I made a mood board. I made a mood board that consisted of color and texture and style inspiration and mood inspiration. Um, and it wasn't just pictures of garments. It was pictures of whatever inspired me. And I referred back to this mood board over and over again as I started looking for patterns to fill in the gaps in my wardrobe. So let's head on over to your favorite place to get patterns and let's start looking for patterns. I found when I started to look for patterns that I was looking at them with new and fresh eyes because I was keeping in mind all of the conclusions that I had drawn from the previous exercise I had put myself through, trying on the things that didn't work for me and then evaluating what was working for me in my current wardrobe, both knit and hand knit. And I really, kept all of that forefront in my mind. No circular yoke patterns, making sure that the pattern came in just the right size for me, looking at the length. Um, if it was a long sweater, was it something that could be easily modified? Um, you know, all, all, of, all of that just, I made sure I kept it forefront in my thought process. Other things that I considered that I would suggest you also consider is the level of skill. I was um, a fairly new knitter back then, and I didn't want to pick a, a pattern that was rated the highest difficulty that there was. I had faith in my ability that I could probably execute it. However, 
I didn't have faith that I was going to enjoy the process, that I wasn't going to get frustrated. And I really wanted to set myself up for success. I was setting all these small achievable goals. And I thought that if I challenged myself too much in the technique aspect of knitting, that I, like I said, I would get frustrated, not enjoy it and put the project down. And I, I really didn't want to do that. So I wanted to choose patterns that challenged me somewhat because we always want to learn and, and continue to grow on this beautiful journey that we're on with, with our craft. But um, I also wanted to make sure that I could feel good about the process and know that it was something that I was going to be able to complete. I also kept in mind the time it was going to take me. Now, yes, knitting is slow fashion, but I didn't necessarily want to choose a pattern that was knit on two millimeter needles at a lace weight gauge. I'm sure something like that is beautiful, but I know that for me, I wouldn't have the patience for that. And I am not someone who is happy to take a year to create a finished object. I just know myself, you know, know thyself, right? And that's not for me. So I chose patterns that had a gauge, which I knew would allow me to finish the project in the time frame that I felt would still keep my interest and would help me achieve those small goals that I was setting for myself. A um, couple other things I kept in mind was my unique shape. We've hit on this before. I'll just briefly hit on it again. I chose garments that I thought would flatter my shape. And even though I might have seen a pattern that I loved to look at that I thought was beautiful. I would examine it closely and and say, you know what? I, I know that this is not something I'm comfortable wearing, this design element of it. Uh, it's too short. It has too much negative ease, whatever it was. And that would not go on my cue at the moment. And the final thing I kept in mind was the style. And you have to evaluate your style. Do you like timeless and classic? Do you like more modern and contemporary? Um, very important because the ultimate end goal is, is to wear your knit. So I definitely lean toward the more classic and timeless. And I tend not to knit things that incorporate what's trending in the fashion world at the moment because I just want my knits to stand the test of time. I, I, I don't ever want to knit something. And uh, look, we can get into a whole conversation about who dictates, who dictates what's in style and what's not. That is certainly subjective. But in my little knitting world, I wanted things to knit that I felt would always look like they were in style and and timeless. So I, I, in my knitting, I do tend to lean that direction. Now, when I shop in a store, I'm 
I'm pretty happy to pick up something trendy that I can wear just for a season or two, <laughs> but not in my knitting. And there is actually one other thing, one more last thing to look at or to keep in, in mind. Um, can, the, can the garment be easily modified? Can the sleeves be made shorter, wider, narrower? Can I change the width of the neckline? Um, can I change the hem of the garment? If it's gonna be too hard to modify, for me, it's probably a deal breaker because I know as I go along in a knitting project, I like to modify it. I like to turn a crew neck into a V-neck or I like to make a balloon sleeve rather than a fizz sleeve, you know, whatever it is. And that's also a really wonderful creative exercise to challenge yourself. So I kept that in mind also um, when I was choosing patterns. The next thing that we're going to do, we've chosen a pattern, we're excited to get going, so it's time to make our yarn choice. Yarn shopping, yay! Is there anything more fun? I mean, maybe, but in my world, that ranks up there as one of the top two fun things to do is to yarn shop. Yarn choice is obviously very important. This is what your garment's going to be made out of. So a couple of things to think about. Fiber content. What purpose does you want the, do you want this garment to, to serve? Is it something that really needs to keep you warm? Well, <clears throat> perhaps you want to think about an alpaca or an alpaca blend. Is it something you're going to wear in the office? then maybe you want something not quite so heavy, a, a merino cotton um, or, or merino linen. Just identify the util utilitarian purpose that you want your beautiful hand knit to serve. Uh, the weight of the yarn, it, obviously the pattern will tell you, you know, but are you happy working in a fingering weight? gauge. Not, not everyone is, uh, so certainly keep in mind the weight of the fabric and the texture. Do you want a smooth texture? Do you want something a bit more nubby? Uh, do you want something with sheen and luster? And a big thing for me is drape. I love a drapey garment. My yarn has to drape. It is a total deal breaker for me if I don't think the yarn is gonna drape. So by understanding the characteristics of all the different yarns and all the different fibers, you can absolutely select a yarn that aligns with the intended use of the garment that you're going to make. And again, just enjoy, squish all the yarn if you are fortunate enough to have an LYS. It's just so lovely to get new yarn. Can you just hear the excitement in my voice? <laughs> I'm getting all misty over here. I love yarn. I don't think there's any secret about that. Uh, it's just, it's just, I don't know how yarn can make me so happy, but it absolutely does. All right, let's move on to the next step in our process. So now it's time to cast on with all the new knowledge that hopefully we have gained through going through some of these exercises. 
You know, I am not an expert and I will never claim to be an expert. I truly believe that your creative journey is just that your creative journey. I did this episode because I thought that having gone through this situation where I was knitting things and just not being pleased with the finished objects, I thought if I was going through this, that maybe other people were having the same problem. And so I just decided to share some of the information, some of the exercises that helped me in hopes that perhaps maybe it would help you. I really believe that knitting is a journey that we are all on and it's a journey of continuous learning and continuous growth. I think it's important for us to embrace the challenges that we face and also to celebrate the victories, both big and small, as we create garments that represent and reflect our unique personality and our style. So now I'd like to talk to you about what is on my needles. Let's go. Before we talk about my whips and a finished object, I just wanted to give you a couple of facts about me as a knitter. I am mainly a monogamous knitter. Um, I say mainly because I typically will have two projects going at one time, but at one point, one of those projects takes over because I just get it in my head that I need to finish it and I'm gonna finish it. And then the other project just sort of falls by the wayside for a little bit. There have been times when I have had three projects on the needles and honestly, that just stresses me out. I just feel like I can't get any work done on any of them if I'm working on all of them at the same time. I have been like this since the beginning and fun little fact, I maybe have one unfinished object sitting in a basket and it's a shawl and I definitely want to finish it, but I, I, don't, I don't have unfinished whips. Uh, that's just, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, absolutely, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything like that, but I'm just that kind of knitter. I start it and I either have to finish it or I have to frog it. So all this to say, I'm probably not the most exciting podcaster when it comes to works in progress or new cast-ons, but I do finish what I knit, I would say 98% of the time. The other thing is I typically do not work from a published pattern. Back in the day, and the day at this point was a pretty long time ago, I was a student at FIT, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. I have always loved design. I have always loved creating from sketching to textiles to, to creating the garments to marketing. At that time, that was a part of, of my life, uh, the clothing. So when I came to knitting, I certainly, you know, worked off published patterns for a long time, but, but once I understood the construction of, of a sweater and a cardigan or a t-shirt or a camisole, um, I pretty much do it on my own. And I do it on my own just because I want to knit at my gauge with my needles and my yarn. That's it. I don't want to be bothered having to find a pattern and having to gauge swatch. I, I do gauge swatch 
And then based on that gauge swatch, I will create a garment. It also helps that I really like fairly simple knits. Um, and I don't, I don't use anything other than pretty simple construction. So there you have it. A few fun facts for me. And even if I do start from a published pattern, I definitely go rogue like halfway through. I'll just go off pattern. Um, and it has served me pretty well. I, I haven't had too many issues where I've had to frog it um, or, 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 or rip it out and re-knit it. So I have a finished object for you today. It is something I did uh, design. I knit a, a, it's a finished shawl. It is more like a stole because it's, it's rectangular. And I love shawls. Um, I like to wrap my shawls around me twice. I don't wear them bib style. I wear them around my shoulders, almost like a shrug. Uh, so my shoulders are covered. And um, in the past, I've knit a lot of asymmetrical triangle shawls because I love the way those wrap. But I also like to wear my shawls just on my shoulders, hanging down. And I didn't love the way always that the asymmetrical triangles hung because I'm not really a fan of that triangle hanging in the back. In the back. So I thought, well, I'm going to try a stole that's going to be long enough to wrap around me twice and deep enough where it hangs, you know, a good portion down my back. So I took two of my hand dyed yarns, Sand Dune and Agaricus. Sand Dune is just exactly what it sounds like. By the way, if you are hearing that noise, that is my dog who has decided to take the longest drink in history ever. So I'm sorry. And we are still struggling with kennel cough. If you can hear him gagging in the background, we are now going on week four. We are going back to the vet um, in a couple of days because, I, it, I mean, it's been two courses of antibiotics, two courses of steroids and a cough suppressant and he's still coughing and his heart looks good and his trachea looks good. Nothing looks bad, but can you hear him? I don't know if you can hear him, but he's, he's really coughing. So anyway, agaricus and sand dune. Sand, they're both very similar in tonality. Uh, sand dune is, and you can find both of these on my shop, in my shop. Uh, sand dune is, is, is what it sounds like. It's like the color of wet sand with a lot of the hand dye, the undyed yarn peeking through. And agaricus has tones of sand dune, but then it also has very subtle tones of, of a blush in it. So it's probably unless the sunlight hits it, you might not be aware of it, but it's really, really pretty. And so I alternated these two yarns, a really simple pattern. I started, um, well, let me tell you the measurement. So the shawl ended up measuring 82 inches long, which is really about my sweet spot because I can wrap it twice. And then if I let it hang down, it hits about my mid calf and about 20 inches deep. I probably would go deeper next time, maybe 23 or 25, but I'm, I'm pleased with how this came out. And how I started it is I started it with um, about two inches of half brioche, and then I went to about two inches or maybe three inches of garter. And then I went to maybe six inches of feather and fan lace, and then back to garter, 
and then back to half, half brioche. And I just repeated this the whole way until it was 82 inches long and cast off with half brioche uh, at the other end. It's light as a feather. I love the way it hangs on me when I wear it just down. I'm not thrilled with the way it wraps around my shoulders. I think perhaps if it was like 23 or 25 inches wide or, or deep, I don't know the measurements, wide depth, I don't know, but you get what I mean. Um, it would, I would like it better, but I love to wear it hanging down and I'm just so pleased with it. I used about a thousand yards of fingering weight yarn on 4.5 millimeter needles. I'm calling it my rolling wave shawl and it's really just something to have so when the air conditioning is a little too chilly on my shoulders, I can throw this on, I'm not gonna be hot. And it's, it's uh, knit out of a superwash merino and nylon. You can see pictures of it on my Instagram and that'll be my personal Instagram, creatively.amy. So I hope you'll go take a look at that. What is on my needles? Well, I am knitting a summer t-shirt. I'm using Nina yarn by Tacky Charles, Tacky Stacy Charles. And it is a cotton linen blend and it's in a golden mustard kind of honey, spiced honey kind of, kind of shade, a really beautiful golden shade of deep yellow. And uh, I'm working this from the bottom up. Instead of a rib, I did a fish scale lace, which is a pattern I just plucked out of a stitch dictionary. I did that for about two and a half inches uh, working in the round. And now I am on endless stockinette until I get to the armholes. I'm almost there. I have a, a finished knitted t-shirt that I love everything about it, the, the width, the, the length, and I measured it. And I put that in my notes on my phone and that's my guideline now for my sweaters, my t-shirts, even my camisole. So I know exactly from what the measurement is from my waist to my to where I need to split for underarms. And if you've never done that, I would really, really recommend it. Take your favorite shirt, whether it's knit or not, and do those measurements. So I'm almost at at where I'm going to um, split for the underarms and then I will knit the front and the back separately and this is going to be a, a, a boat neck or a ballet neck just a really narrow high neck and with a little cap sleeve I'm very excited there will also be pictures of my work in progress on my personal Instagram so again I hope you'll go take a look what's about to hop on my needles well something has hopped on and then it's hopped off and then another thing has hopped on and I'm about to take that one off my needles. I have three beautiful skeins of yarn from my shop, um, Sister Golden Hair, Tuscan Hills and Acorns in the Snow. Um, my original plan was a, finger, a fingering version of the Saturday or Friday Shrug, which I love. I have the original one, which I think is the Saturday Shrug by Jackie Rose. I wore it so much last winter. I mean, I just love that pattern. So I thought I would do a fingering. And then I thought, well, I do wanna do a fingering one, but I wanna do a solid color one. 
So then I thought, okay, I'm going to knit uh, a garment out of, out of these three skeins. I can do something like a ranunculus type of garment. And I cast, I, I cast on, you know, and it would be a fade, fading from one color to the another. And I cast it on and I just, I didn't like it. It just, I don't know. I loved the, the yarn, but I was not feeling the whole fade garment thing. So I ripped that out and then I thought um, I would knit a shawl. Um, I just knit the stole, you know, the, the rectangular shawl. I thought maybe I would try a soft crescent with short rows so I would get wedges of color. And I, I have cast that on. I'm really not feeling it. So I don't know if I just need to put this yarn away for a little bit and let it sit until it tells me what it wants to be. Um, or if I just need to keep going, I'm, I'm, I'm just torn, but there you have it. That's what's off my needles, on my needles, and then on and off my needles and maybe off again. <laughs>Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I want to thank you so much for being here with me, for taking this journey with me. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. And thank you for the very warm reception to my first episode. It was unexpected, but it was a joyous surprise and I just cherish it. Until we speak again next time, I wish you good health, happy creating, and abundant joy. Bye-bye.